From yesterday, all tourists have been welcomed back into New Zealand. The borders are fully reopened as per the government's decision. This might be the best shot at the country's economic uh, way of getting out of a potential recession, but there are concerns that the tourism's recovery will be slow as the tourism sector could struggle to meet the lift in demand given the lack of available workers. To get more of an idea on this current situation and whether or not this influx of tourists will bring desired results of bettering the economy, I'm about to be joined live on air with Leon Stirk, Wayne Otago Economics PhD student, to discuss the government's decision. Kia ora, Leon. Are you there? Hi, how's it going? Hi, good, thank you. How are you? Good, good, good. It's um, nice to be here virtually, <laughs> if not physically. <laughs> Well, just to start off with, uh, with this influx of tourists who are now being able to enter uh, the border, do you reckon that they will bring the desired results of getting out of and avoiding a recession for the economy? Uh, look, the short answer is no. Um, um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit less optimistic than, um, than what um, m- maybe you sound like. Um, the, the, the first thing, of course, to remember is that um, this is an incremental policy, right? So it's just the last stage in, um, in sort of slowly increasing the uh, degree of openness of the borders. So uh, my understanding is that, um, of course, this is uh, just lifting the um, restrictions on non-visa waiver countries. So, um, so, so, so that's the first thing, um, as it's just the sort of last um, kind of increase in... Um, the or the last lifting of the restrictions on the sort of last group of people who were previously restricted. So, um, so it's a sort of incremental thing. Uh, the 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 other thing, I guess, is um, is um, whether it produces a large uptick in um, in economic activity. Now, it's probably fairly uncontroversial to say that um, there will be an increase in uh, the amount of economic activity that is tourist spending that happens, um, but I'm not uh, hugely optimistic that it will uh, be enough to uh, necessarily stave off uh, recession, uh, mostly because uh, whether or not we, um, you know, the sort of overall health of the economy uh, sort of depends in the current instance, more on um, what's going on sort of globally rather than um, uh, how many tourists we can attract. Definitely. And regarding that, which is good to know, I guess, because I don't know too much about the situation, um, do you think that there is enough infrastructure in place to then take on these uh, new arrivals, these new tourists in this final step, as you said, of um, opening the border, or will it in fact maybe stretch uh, like health systems and uh, like accommodating strategies? Yeah, okay. So um, so this was interesting. I mean, when, when you sort of asked me about infrastructure, um, um, I, um, I, I, I guess I thought about it in, in, in sort of two, three. Um, um, the first thing was um, I can't imagine the pressure on what we traditionally think of as infrastructure as being um, as being uh, that great for the most part, right? So, so uh, pre-pandemic, we obviously had um, a fairly uh, active tourism industry, uh, and um, 
you know, the what we traditionally think of as infrastructure held up fairly well, right? So if we think about, like, um, you know, our roading network or, um, uh, you know, tr- transport networks in general or, um, um, you know, like city infrastructure, like sewage networks or whatever. I mean, that, that, that's sort of traditionally what we think of as infrastructure. And I, I, I can't imagine that those sorts of things... Um, are going to uh, uh, struggle given that, you know, we haven't been ripping up roads or anything. Um, the only thing that I could think of uh, was maybe the effect on um, uh, the sort of healthcare infrastructure that we have in place. Um, and the reason I thought that was, um, you know, an open border and less restrictive um, sort of deal with, um, in terms of testing people or, or monitoring infection that crosses the border. Uh, means that you might have an uptick in the mm, pro- probability or the speed at which um, you know COVID can start moving around the community again. Not to say that there isn't uh, enough of it here to sort of spark its own waves, but but certainly you know importing a lot of, across the border is, is is liable to sort of like increase the quantity that we have. And so mm, my read is that like hospitals generally are at capacity or they're sort of struggling mm. um, and so that was that was that was the only sort of like infrastructure um, issue that I could sort of think of which brings me to the second thing which is um, which is your other concern which is like can the tourism industry cope with um, uh, an increase in demand and to me that is primarily like a labor market problem um, so to hear tourism operators tell it, um, they are having trouble finding staff, which is which is legitimate. Um, and uh, similarly, you know, uh, the deal with the um, stretching of the healthcare resources is is to do mainly with um, with I guess being able to find staff to kind of provide those services, right? Yeah, for sure. And I guess then, since uh, you you mentioned that it won't necessarily help the economy. Uh, what do you consider then to be a good approach to allow the economy to kind of um, increase and and grow if the tourism like influx is not necessarily going to bring that as it has kind of been positioned or at least hopefully positioned to bring? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that um, 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 it's a sort of complete waste of time or anything. I mean, I do think that. Um, you know, there's some real value in terms of, um, you know, increased tourism numbers and, it's, you know, it definitely will increase economic activity. It will definitely fill some people's pockets. But, um, I, you know, I, I just don't think um, that we should necessarily be expecting um, a return to sort of pre-pandemic levels of um, activity, just just given the fact that um, the labour market has changed so uh, dramatically, um, at least not in the sort of short to medium term. Um, so what do I think is, um, is, a, is, is a good way to um, sort the economy out? Well, I mean, you know, the, the general position of, of the economist is, is always to um, just think about whether we are employing the resources that we have most effectively. Um, that's, that's always kind of how we're thinking, you know, no matter how much or how little we have, uh, the only real thing we can do is make sure that we're employing um, the labour that we have and the capital that we have 
uh, in the way that is uh, most productive. So for sure, like, you know, there's probably a bunch of tourism-specific capital floating around, right? Um, um, you know, if the Milford Sound ferries, for instance, if a bunch of them are, like, sort of sat idle, then increased uh, tourist numbers means that you can um, put those tours back on again, and that's a productive use of that capital that would otherwise sit unused. So that's uh, obviously pretty good. But, of course, you know, there's no getting away from the fact that as we sort of adjust to uh, a changed environment post-pandemic, um, you know, some operators just won't be able to sort of continue in business, right? Like, whenever we talk about labour market problems or staff shortages, uh, this is always, this always comes back to a wage question. So if you're having trouble finding people, um, primarily it's, it's an issue of having trouble finding people at the wage you want to pay them. Um, and so the answer is typically to increase wages. Um, and so, you know, that's for the hospitality sector and, like I was saying, the sort of healthcare sector uh, that I was talking about before. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, if you increase wages and that means your costs are too high to make money, then the only thing you can do to stay in business is, of course, to raise your prices. Um, and, you know, ultimately, if you raise those prices, and people aren't happy to uh, pay those prices, um, then that's a fairly strong signal that um, the business isn't profitable and uh, and you shouldn't be in business. So, you know, I have a lot of sympathy for um, how hard it is for some people to, to adjust to that. Obviously, some people lose their uh, livelihoods, but, um, you know, ultimately we do have to kind of accept that yeah, uh, if a, the environment's changed, then... Yeah, it's a changing you know. system, very different dynamics in pre-pandemic, sure. I think is what we can take away from this. But thank you so much, though, for joining us on air to discuss this, to shed light on the situation. And no to provide a bit of info just about the nature of the economy and how it has changed over the past couple of years. So thank you very much, and thank you for joining us, Leon. No, thank you. There was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.